0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Work Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, well, we're so grateful for all the visitors we have today. First-time people, people passing through and things like that. Glad to have you. Let's give a hands for all the, all the people visiting today. Hey, man, that is so nice. That oh, is so wonderful. Well, uh, how many need... A sermon outline. If you didn't receive a sermon outline, hold up your hand. The ushers stick one in your hand. Amen. Good to have Ben's parents here today. Welcome. so glad you're here. Yeah, and I, I was thinking as we were getting going, you know, I was talking about my kids a while ago. We, I've got five sons and three daughters, and they're all doing pretty good. You know, we did our, did our best to raise it for Jesus, and uh like to say the, the, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. And we got some pretty good kids around the world. We have a lot of them in the military and things like that. And uh, our grandkids are doing well. And so it's all product of the Word of God. To finding out what God's plan is, and then follow God's plan. You know, it's it's one thing to have a plan. It's another thing to work the plan. And so we're going to show you some things in the Word of God today, especially especially dads. And, you know, uh, I know we've got a lot of single moms and things in the times we live in. So the Word of God works for anybody. The principles work. But the main thing is we're talking to dads today. We want dads to be strengthened. We want dads to be built up. And if you're a future dad, listen to the things that we're going to look at today. It'll help you be a good day when your time comes. And if you're a granddad, I know that for me, I mean, I'm, in the, I'm in the granddad stage. And I'll tell you what, I love being granddad. As a matter of fact, got a little dancer right here. Paid some good money for tickets last night to go to the New Performing Arts, performing arts Center and watch her dance with all the other little girls. That's such a blessing to see your children growing up godly. And enjoying what God put in their hearts to do. Amen. Let's give a hand for the grandchildren. So today we're going to talk about God's guarantee for your family's health, prosperity, and peace. Nobody wants your kids to be sick, your family to be sick, to be broke, to be depressed, to be discouraged all the time. You know, if you're living and breathing... Well, you know God very well or not. You want your family healthy. You want your family's needs met. You don't, you don't want to just wander around, wonder what you're going to do and how you're going to ever have enough or anything like that. You don't want your kids depressed. You want, you don't want to be depressed. But God's got a good plan. So we're going to look at some things today that I know is going to help you. And, uh, if, if you've got a bolt, I don't know if you do or not, but anyway, on everything we do, we put our mission statement out there and the mission of our, our church The vision that God put in our heart is to equip families for a victorious Christian living. God doesn't want you to be a Christian that just barely gets along or never knows what's going to happen from day to day. God wants you to be a Christian that can hold your head up high. That people can look to you and wonder, how come with everything so bad as it is, why are you still smiling? With with all the turmoil there is in the world... Why, why can you have joy? Why can you have a dance in your step? Why do you got a twinkle in your eye? Well, see, when you're born again Christian, the peace doesn't happen on the outside. It happens on the inside. And what happens on the inside, it changes the outside. And we can actually change the environment of our jobs by living our Christian lives. If we're living in victory. Amen. We can change our neighborhoods by our attitude in life. And when you... Understand some of the things like we're going to look at today in the Word of God. You're going to realize that no matter what it is around you, you're the changing agent. You can change. You can change the direction of your family. I know I got born again back in January of 1980, and my family tree wasn't Christian. As far as I knew, I had one Christian in my family, my Baptist grandma. My family on my dad's side and my mom's side, both, was bootleggers. Amen. Mafia. <laughs> and southern southern hillbillies, there were some bad dudes. I be all over across the spectrum. And so when I got born again in January 1980, I was thinking about President Harry Truman. He was the president when I was born, when I was young. President Truman was the president. And when he came into politics, it was just then like it is now. Politicians always fight each other and say they want to help somebody. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But he came in. A lot of fighting going on. And so he put a sign on his desk that was really famous back then. He said, the buck stops here. In other words, President Truman said, I'm going to take responsibility for my administration, for my country. And if something's wrong, I'm going to take the blame for it. And if something goes right, give me the credit for it. And so when I got born again, I thought about that. I thought about the Samples family, all the bad history we had. I looked up to heaven, I said, Lord, the buck stops here. This is going to be a new Samples family in my generation. The buck stops here. And so when I got born again, I married godly, had godly children, did my best to do everything that God showed me to do for the Bible to do to be a Christian example to my children and then to my grandchildren. And by the way, every time my wife got pregnant, which was pretty often, We we always... Now listen to this. I'm giving you parents a little clue right now. I'm giving you parents a clue right now. How many know that when a baby's conceived, that's when the life begins, not when it's born into this world? Amen. And so we would lay hands on that belly and we would prophesy and say, in the name of Jesus, you're going to grow up loving the Lord. And we say, Father, we ask you right now, prepare the mate for our child that's in the womb. Lord, we wouldn't know what our child did to marry somebody that's uh, non-compatible. Somebody that doesn't want to serve you. Somebody's going to pull them down and end up in divorce and tragedy. Lord, we're claiming right now the perfect mate for our child in Jesus' name. And so from the time our children were conceived, we prayed their mates in. We confessed over the mates who God had for them. So I'm just telling you guys some things to do as parents you can start way in advance preparing the future for your children. Amen. You, you have authority in the lives of your children. So anyway, our, our mission here is to equip families. We're a family church for a victorious Christian living. And, you know, by the way, if you're here visiting and you're there and you want to check out a church, we have great children's ministry for all the ages from, uh, from, from the time they're born to preschool to school to youth. To young marriage, young adults and everything like that. We have something for everybody because we want people to be able to fellowship with other Christians and to be able to go out, not to stay separate from the world, but to go into the world and preach the gospel, share the love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Psalms 128 is going to be our text. I'm going to use the New Living Translation today. King James is normally what I use all the time, but this Psalms 128 in the New Living Translation says it so well, and I'm going to read the psalm, then I'm going to go through and comment on a few things. But I'm going to call this God's instructions for your family to be blessed and live a happy life in this psalm. That's what I'm going to call this is God's instructions. And so it says this, how joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. May the Lord continue to bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. Amen. May Israel have peace. And so, as I begin to look at the word today... I want to say this. Jesus taught many things in parables. How many know that Jesus gave a lot of parables? Now, what a parable is, it's a natural illustration to explain a spiritual truth. It's a natural illustration to explain a spiritual truth. And Jesus, you know, just a couple things I'm thinking of Jesus taught on. Jesus talked about a wise man that built a house. And then he said, a wise man built a house. He dug a foundation. He put something under the ground for he went above the ground. So if bad winds came, like how many out here have ever seen any wind in the desert? <laughs> how many of you have ever had anything blown away in the desert? How many of us got some new roofs the last few months because of the winds? <laughs> God bless. But anyway, he said a wise man lays a foundation so if floods come, it won't wash the house away. If winds come, they can't blow it away because it's good, got a, has a good foundation. And then he said in that, in this parable, then he said a foolish man has no foundation. He just puts some boards up on top of the ground and hopes something will stand. And then the first gust of wind comes, it blows the whole thing away because there's no foundation. Or the first time a flood comes and water comes, it washes everything away because nothing's anchored to the ground. Well, Jesus said that's a parable. And he said, here's, here's, here's the, here's the illustration of that. Said a, said a spiritual person that only goes to church, but never reads their Bible, never gets the word of God in their heart, never changes their thinking of their actions by what they're reading. The first time a storm of life comes, it blows their spiritual house down, they collapse, they backslide, and they're gone. But he said a spiritual man is the one that hears the word and then does the word and says what he's doing, he's building a foundation on his house and then when the storms of life come, nothing blows him away. He might get shook up, but when the wind leaves, the house is still standing. And that's, that's how good houses are in California. No matter what comes away, earthquakes or something else, when things are anchored right and built right, when the storm's passed, your house is there. And in Christians' lives, that's the parable Jesus told, was that when the storm passed, if you're a person... That doesn't just hear what God has to say, but you put into practice what God says. That he said, you're laying a foundation. So that was a parable Jesus gave. And then another parable Jesus gave was a parable about fishing. Jesus told his disciples, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, when he talked to those guys and told that story, they were standing beside their fishing boats. They were fishermen, commercial fishermen in the Sea of Galilee, and they knew what it was to catch fish. They knew you had to do something to go out there to work at it. And you could either catch a lot of fish with a net, or if you wanted to fish off the shore, you throw a line out and catch one fish at a time. He's equating that to evangelism. Sometimes Christians can be a one-on-one witness to somebody on the job in their family. It's like throwing out a line, catching one fish at a time. But then sometimes churches or ministries will have what they call an evangelistic crusade, where a lot, of, a lot of people come in throw out a net, and a lot of people come up the altar and get saved. And Jesus said, just like you catch fish, said, follow me and you'll catch men like you catch fish. That was a parable to show him how it works. You've got to have bait, which is the love of God. And then you've actually got to go out and do some. And, you know, I don't do a lot of fish down here in the desert, but I grew up in Indiana. As a matter of fact, I was in Indiana 54 years. And my grandpa, when I was little, used to take us fishing all the time. My grandpa was a serious retired man that was a serious bass fisherman. And grandpa went out there, if it was hot, if it was cold, if it was wet, no matter what it was, he went fishing. And I don't know why he got mad at me when I threw rocks in the water. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is I watched grandpa be smart, try to outsmart the bass. And see, that's the way the Holy Spirit through us does to try to outsmart lost people to show them they need to get saved. And so that's how we fish. Jesus said, Follow me. That was a parable. That was a natural, a natural example to show you something happens in the spiritual realm. And so that's what I want to do is approach this lesson today like I would a parable. So what I want to do is go through here and look at some things and then hopefully see something, at least one thing's going to help you be a better person, to be a better leader of your family. And so this is God's guarantee for your family's health, prosperity, and peace. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm not setting you up. I'm not going to call you up or and say, come here, tell me about that. Just be honest and listen. Has anyone ever tried to find a good job or look for a better job? Anybody in here? Wow, everybody, this whole church is unemployed except for three people. Oh, we're in California, but we're not that low. <laughs> has anybody here ever applied for a job? Amen. Everybody here probably has applied for a job. Has anybody ever thought, I'd like to make more money have a better job? And started looking around because you wanted a better job. Amen. Well, see, I'm getting ready. I've turned this into a parable for you to understand how this works. As anyway, if you were to apply for a, for a job at Fort Irwin... The Marine Base, Barstow Unified School District, tell me, you no, know Cindy, that'll help. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Union Pacific Railroad, or anywhere else. Now listen, I want to stir your thinking. You'd have two questions. You'd have two main questions that you want to answer for yourself when you went to apply for the job. And I know that right now my, my, my daughter up in Alaska... Her husband's, uh, Army Special Forces. He just, he just got out of the Army after being Special Forces for a lot of years. He's in a transition right now wanting to join some of the, one of the police departments in Alaska. Uh, maybe he's going to be an Alaska State Trooper. Maybe he's going to be a Fairbanks policeman. He's looking at different things right now. And my daughter is getting back into the system again to, to get back into the, uh, child care part of the military. And so I know that the questions that they want to know for what they're doing is number one, how much does it pay? And what are the benefits? How many here, when you get a job, you don't care how much it pays or if it has any benefits? Man, Nobody's that dumb. If you're going to get a job, you're not going to get a job and say, Well, you know what? I want to downsize what I make. I'd like to pay a bigger deductible. i like to have less insurance. No, you're going to get a job. One of the first things at the top of your list is how much does it make? How much are they going to pay me? That's what my daughter's doing. That's what my son-in-law's doing. They're wanting to know about the benefits of things, those jobs, what those questions asked. And then listen to this. I'm giving you this in a parable type thing to help you get this where you're look at a spiritual thing for your family. And so the number one question you want to know on the job, and if they're back, they start off and tell you it's going to be half of what you're already making, you say, man, I'm not going down that road. I don't want half. I want more. And then the number two question is this. Now listen. This is just important to you. What is required of me. I don't know about you, but if I was out there looking for a job and the thing paid me just a little bit more than what I was making right now, but I had to work twice the hours, i said, no, I don't want this job. I'm going to keep what I got. I'm, ho- I'm away from my kids already enough. I'm away from my family already enough. There's no way I'm going to go out there and be going twice as much and just make another $10 a week. I'm not going to do that. And so you you need to know, for a job, does it pay you what you really want paid? Does it have benefits that you really need and you really want? And then also, are you willing to pay the price to qualify and do what they want you to do so they can do what they say they'll do? How many know... By experience, good or bad, maybe yourself or somebody else, that there's been people who've got really good jobs, but they didn't do their part. And then there came a point in time that they got that letter, or that call to the office, and they said terminated. And there was no recourse because there was a contract. And the contract said... We'll do this, 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 and this, but you gotta do this, 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 and this. And there comes a point in time when they quit looking the other way. Because they say, you're not profitable to us, you're costing us money, you're causing problems, so you're out of here. But then at the same time, when you do what you signed up to do, there comes promotion time. There comes raise the time. There comes times that good things happen because you did your part. And I think we can all understand that in the job arena, can't we? That's how it works in the job arena. You know, lazy people, troublemakers, don't get blessed on the job. But people that mind their own business, people that help the company make profit, they get blessed. That's just the way it works. And so anyway, look at this right here. I'm going to turn this in to a lesson based upon that principle. And so let's take the same stream of thought and approach God about helping our family do better in life. And for some of us, the improvement we get is going to be much better than how we had it when we grew up. I know my life is totally different than what my life was growing up. I I can remember, I can honestly remember, I had a great uncle that was... One of the syndicate heads, you know, if you're born in the back in those days, it was called the syndicate. Well, I had a great uncle that was one of the syndicate heads in Indianapolis. (laughs) I remember my dad having some of us. We had seven kids in my family, six boys. I remember sitting over there in this mafia guy's living room. That was part of my family. And they was talking some stupid business. And he said, I got to get rid of the stuff. Because the captain told me they're going to raid me tonight. They have to for the politicians. And I remember seeing his picture on the front page of the paper a couple days later that so-and-so got raided. And all it was was a joke. But what I'm saying is this. I wanted my family to have better than that. I didn't want my kids to be raised around goofy stuff like that. I wanted my kids to have better. And so just like, just like you would seek uh, for better employment... I sought God for a better life. And that's where we're looking at here. That just like that example I gave you a while ago about seeking what's the benefits, what's required of me. I'm showing you what to do in seeking God for your family. Not to be raised maybe how you were. Or if you were raised good, for it to even turn around to be better. And so we're going to look at some family benefits of doing things God's way. And I want to look at verse 2. Of this Psalms 128, he said this, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be. And so what he said, here's this a couple of things I see. Number one, I want you to notice God doesn't want you to be idle. He said, you'll enjoy the fruit of your labor. That means God wants you to work. It's God's idea and God's plan for you to have a job. And God wants you to have a job that you want to have. He wants you to have a job that's in your heart to do. He wants you to have a job that you get the morning time. You look forward to going in. You don't dread it. He wants you to have a job. Not just any job. But a job you can really be blessed in where your family Enjoy seeing you come home because you don't come home mad every night, depressed, but you come home joyful every night because you had a great day on the job. Amen. Somebody said, how could that be possible? Well, it was for me. I'll be honest with you. I was a Teamsters truck driver for a lot of years. Matter of fact, I collected Teamsters pension for being a Teamsters for a lot of years. I enjoyed nearly every day of my trucking career. Started back in 1969. And if God did not have me preaching right now, I'd love to be out there right now smelling diesel. But I probably couldn't do it in California. They got too many emissions controls. <laughs> like good out of the Midwest, but but I love I love the sound of air brakes, especially when I'm the one applying them. Hey man, I love looking in those mirrors and seeing way back behind me. It's sitting way up here, and everybody wondering what's going on. I'm looking up here, and I can see two or three miles up the road there, and I know what's going on. I know where to be. I love those Teamsters days. Well, what's that about? That's Psalms 128, verse 2. I love my job. And my job paid me well. And my job did really well. And God almost had to kick me out of a truck to go preach it. I love preaching. I'm anointed at what I'm doing. But also, as a truck driver that belonged to Jesus, I was an anointed truck driver. And I loved doing what I was doing there. So I'm telling you, God wants you, whatever you're doing in life, God wants you to enjoy it. He said he wants you to enjoy your job. If you don't enjoy your job right now, listen today to what we're preaching. God will show you how to make adjustments if you need to. So anyway, he doesn't want you idle. He wants you to have a job. But notice, he says you'll enjoy the fruit of your labor. That's called paycheck. Fruit of your labor is called paycheck. And today it might be called uh, automatic deposit. (laughs) But used to be called paycheck. You got the check, and if the checks were late, you didn't get paid because they had to come through the mail and things like that. But anyway, your paycheck will always be more than enough. That's the benefits. We're talking about benefits right now for doing things God's way for your family. says your paycheck will always be more than enough and also your health care and retirement. We're talking about benefits right now. We're talking about, I gave you the example, you go to apply for a job, looking at a job, you know what the benefits are. God says to do your family things his way, says your paycheck will always be more than enough. Now, uh, if you're not too smart about managing money, you might want to stick your toes out of your seat right now because we get ready to do some stepping. All right, everybody ready to take a deep breath? God says your paycheck will always be more than enough. How you choose to spend it is up to you. You can tithe, pay bills, buy food, and then blow some on fast food and fun. Or you can get your paycheck and blow it on fast food and fun. Never tithe, don't pay your bills on time, and then whine and complain on Facebook why everything's so unfair. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. I want to say it again. God said, and if I choose to say somebody's not being truthful, you're God. I'm gonna have to say you, because God said you do things His way. Said He'll, you'll enjoy your paycheck. You'll enjoy the fruit of your labor, and so when you get your paycheck, you either go blow it on stupid stuff. Or you can take care of God's 10% first to pay your bills and then have more than enough money left over. Then you can enjoy some other things. Amen or oh me. Amen. But that's what God said. This is the benefits of doing things God's way. And then I want you to notice then, I'm going to look at point number two. And point number one, paycheck hooks up with this. I'm just going to say this so you to look at this. When dad's paycheck is more than enough Not blown on frivolous things. It sets the family up for this next benefit. When God's paycheck, when when dad's paycheck is right and blessed from God, it sets you up for this next thing. He says this. He says, your wife, verse 3, will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your wife will be like a flourishing grapevine flourishing in your home. And so what that means is this. Your wife will enjoy being a stay-at-home mom if she wants to. Amen. If your wife wants to be a stay-at-home mom, she can be. Write this first down. I'm going to give you a verse to look at later on. I I think it will bless you. Titus chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And I know this. I've never met a young mother that's heart's desire wasn't to stay home and be for children. I know it's not politically correct to talk about it right now, but it is biblically correct. And so your wife will enjoy being a stay-at-home mom. you I hear it? amen, moms. Amen. How many moms like to stay home with their kids? That would be a blessing. Well, see, God is setting up the plan here. He said that your paycheck as the man will be more than enough. It's his will, and that sets you up for the mom to be at home. But we're talking about benefits from doing things God's way. And so, you know, I, w- I won't go down that road very long, but I'm just saying we're looking at the state of families in America today. And our mission is to equip God's people for a victorious Christian living. And so God says he wants the husband to make more than enough. God says he wants the wife to be taken care of, to where when babies begin to come, the wife can stay home and be a mom if she wants to. We're not making something legalistic out here, condemnation, guilt, et cetera, et cetera. I know the times we live in like that. But I know that personally, from all the daughters I have, daughter-in-laws I have, all the ladies in the church I've been a part of for lots and lots of years, like 30 years of watching young moms, I've never met a young mother yet that didn't want to have more time at home with the kids. That's just the way it is. But Titus 2, verse 4 and 5 that's what it says, that God puts it in the heart of women to be a mom. And so that's what God wants. So I want you to look at point number three, another benefit. Verse three again says your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they all go their separate ways to play with their iPhones and iPads and Google games. What's it say? It says your children are going to be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. As they sit around your table. And so another benefit of doing things God's way is your children will be well-behaved and enjoy being with you. Well-behaved and enjoy being with you. And I want to say this, what I've noticed from my own family, from my daughters, from my daughter-in-laws, and from my family. There's something about these children when mommy's in the home all day long. There's something about that. I've had, I've had children that worked, and I've had daughter-in-laws that worked. I've had children work outside the home, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell you, you all know this, I'm not saying you don't know, it's kind of tough on kids to get up early in the morning to go to childcare, be with somebody all day long, dad and mom both wore out, Pick them up from child care, take them home, and try to get them settled down. And then you wonder sometimes in public, how come they're embarrassing me? Well, that's because they don't have peace. They're kind of messed up in life, and you can't just hit on them all the time. You can't just holler at them all the time. Well, what are you doing? Pastor said you're kind of stirred up. Buzz up! You're ruffling our feathers. The word of God is God's contract with you for how to have a good, happy family, to have a blessed family. And it's just like the parable we're given about the job. You go to apply for the job, they tell you in your contract, here's the benefits of this job. But here's what we need out of you to do if you want these benefits. God says, here's the benefits of raising your family God's way. Number one, he says, man will make enough money to take care of his family says mom can stay home if she wants to. I want to put that qualifier out there so I don't get in the politically correct dish with everybody and things like that. But God says if mom wants to, she has the biblical right to stay home and be mom, to be a wife. And then it says when this begins to happen, the benefit is the children want to stay at the table with you. The children want to pal around with you. The children want well, to be a part of the conversation. Can you imagine what the United States of America would be like if our family went back to how they were a hundred years ago? Anybody ever watched Leave it to Beaver? <laughs> hey, hey, man, it's, it's a different kind of time period, but I grew up in that era. And that's how a lot of the families were back then. They all ate together. They said, please and thank you, may I get up? And nobody sat there. While we well, was trying to eat, text. Mom's phone just went off. I said, pass the salt, please. Bob texted, okay. Uh, Dad, could I have some more mashed potatoes? Texted back, uh, yeah, son, but make sure you eat your green beans, too. That's about how goofy families are now, All The text and stuff going on that they're probably texting across the tables. But anyway... He said, your children could be well behaved and enjoy being with you. And that young olive tree's there. I looked that up in the Hebrew. That means olive shoots or young olive trees. It says the vigorous offsets from an aged olive tree which spring up up around it, ready to take its place, ready to take its place. Uh, my son Isaac or my grandson Isaac, Isaac, hold up your hand. Isaac gave me a little offshoot off a pomegranate tree last week. And so yesterday, I planted the pomegranate tree out of my backyard, a special place, put a little fence around it, fertilized, get the pomegranate tree going. But that's what this says right here, that our children are supposed to be like little offshoots replacing our tree. As we grow older and we leave this place, we're supposed to have little children growing up to replace us, to be strong, to reproduce. To be fruitful. And you know what? One of the best places in the whole world for children to be nurtured of the faith is not right here. It's around your dinner table. As your children are around your dinner table, as a matter of fact, I'll change my screens and go over here to this screen. Down in Nicaragua a couple weeks ago, had some of the young people with me down there, and we had a Bible time in the morning time where I got to do some mentoring. And around around the table down there in the morning in Nicaragua, I was getting to put some things into these young people here that I don't normally get to put into people here because of a little private one-on-one type thing there. And the Lord had me impart a lot of wisdom from all my years of Christian living and leadership into these young people down there that people here don't normally get to... because it was a spontaneous thing sitting there like that. And I think it was pretty good. But also, I know this, that... In the times we live in now, when my grandchildren are around my table, my grandchildren now do what my children did when I was raising my children. My grandchildren at my table we talk. They ask me questions. They ask me natural questions. They ask me spiritual questions. But what is that? That now listen, that's Psalms one twenty eight verse three. That's my children and my grandchildren round about my table like love young olive trees. I'm nurturing them to grow up and to bear good Christian fruit in their families and the times we live in. But we're talking about benefits. God says, this is one of the benefits of doing things His way. Your children will hang out with you, and you can influence them more than the world. Amen. Somebody give the Lord an amen or something. And so, when both parents... Are involved on a daily basis, the results going to be. This is a benefit. Your children will have peace. Your children will have peace. And you know something I don't know a whole lot about because my ne- my children never went through it. But I know today I hear there's a lot of different drugs they put kids on now to try to keep them calm. Back back when I grew up, the only drug we had was called love. And Do you know how children spell love? Children spell love, T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E. And as I look back, as I've grown wiser, as I've gotten older and grown wiser, I can see that every little time that a child gets around you while you're doing something, and you think they're bothering you, they're not bothering you. They're wanting to learn from you. And so now, I know that i taught my kids... Some of the things I know about mechanics and tools and things like that, but I love with my grandsons to show them a Phillips screwdriver, explain what a Phillips screwdriver is. I love to show them what a flathead screwdriver is when you use it. I love to show them the difference between a sledgehammer, a peen hammer, and a claw hammer, and a rip hammer, and the different hammers. I love to show my grandchildren a miter saw, and a skill saw, and a jigsaw, and a table saw. I love to show them an open-end wrench and a boxed-end wrench and a crescent wrench and a ratchet. I love to show my grandkids these things because my grandkids, they want to be around me. But also, spend this time with them, I'm helping set them up for success in life so they'll be able to know something in life. But as I look back when I was growing up, I can remember when I was in Little League Baseball, my grandpa died when I was 12 years old, but I still remember every ball game that my grandpa came to, sitting there watching me, drinking his seven-up, eating his peanuts, and watching me play ball. I remember every time my dad came to my ball games. I remember all those things in life. Those things stick out to me more me much more than any of the bad times. It was those times they were there. And I'm telling you, parents, grandparents, take the time to lay down your stupid phone sometime. Take the time, put that remote down sometime, and just sit there where they come jerking on your pants leg, and take the time to answer their questions. Spiritual questions, natural questions. And when you're working on something, Mom, if you're working on a project in the house on crafts or something, Dads, if you're working on something, doing something, they get up there, what, you know what something is? Don't smack them, tell them, get out of there, they're bothering you. Show them what that little tool is. Show them what it is you're making. Go back to square one and show them what it looked like before you started, and then show them the finished project. As a matter of fact, my wife, my wife, I like to work with wood, have some woodworking tools and things. I'm, I mean, probably about everybody here probably better than I am, but I've always enjoyed woodworking and saws. And so for the last several years, she's had me make Christmas gifts for the grandkids and people. She gets the patterns, she does the drawing, I do the cut and the drill and the sanding, and then she does the finishing with the stain or whatever, doing it like that. But I tell you what, I know that long after we're gone, those things are going to be around, and these guys are going to love them. But this is just what I'm talking about, about doing things God's way. God wants families to do things together. God wants us to do something besides just throw money and games at them. Amen or oh me. Amen, amen, amen. And then I want you to notice this fourth, this, this, this fourth benefit. Look at verse six says, may you live. Now, look at this. To me, this is a key word to enjoy your grandchildren. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. So another benefit of doing things God's way is you will live long with. Listen to this. A sound mind and good health and wealth to enjoy your grandchildren. Let me tell you why I put those things in there. A sound mind, good health, good wealth, enjoy your grandchildren. You would not enjoy your grandchildren if you couldn't even remember their names. Amen. Amen. If you're so senile and your head so messed up in life from old age things that you can't even know what day of the week it is, or that you told your grandson or granddaughter, I'm going to pick you up or you can come over and you never remember anything, you're not enjoying them. And at the same time, if you're so messed up with sickness, disease, and medication, you can't do anything, your mind's okay, but you're all messed up in your body, you're not enjoying them. Or you've got good health and a good mind, but you're so broke, you can't even go down to the Dairy Queen, you're not enjoying them. I'll tell you what, one of my biggest thrills in life, we got to do it the other day. We got to watch our four, little, four of our little ground show that live in Barstow. We got to take them to Dairy Queen, and so we take him to Dairy Queen. Little Samuel, nine months old, so we just gotta kind of have to get it and put it on the finger and kind of smear it on his mouth. But it made a good picture anyway. I mean, you know. But anyway, that would be terrible if my grandchildren came to my house. And I said, I'm "Sorry, kids, it's not the first of the month. The governor didn't bless us yet, so we can't take you to Dairy Queen yet. The governor's not my source." Oh boy, oh, what a sad look on too many faces out here. The government's not my source, God is. Jesus is my source. The government or nobody else is going to tell me, I can't have Dairy Queen money. I can't have McDonald's money. Somebody said, you take your kids to McDonald's? I guess I'm not the health food guy like you are. Yeah, we still go to McDonald's. We like McDonald's. We like to go there and do things with our kids. What I'm saying is this. The benefit of serving God is you can have health, you can have the mental capacity, and you can have the money if you've got all the grandkids like we do. We've got grandkids live all over the whole place, from Alaska to Orlando, Florida, to New York, to Indiana, California, and probably somewhere else, too, I'm not thinking of right now. But the whole thing is, at Christmas time, we probably spend more money On U.S. mail sending presents out that some you spend on the presents you give. Why is that? Because I have a real nice wife that wants to make sure they get something handpicked from Grandpa and Grandma that we can put in the package as they send this special express guarantee of warranties and things like that. And then we get to send our little whatever amount price it is and pay an extra $50 postage to get it there. But you know what I know? I know that when those kids open those presents... We get the FaceTimes back. We get the thank yous back. We get the letters and stuff the kids back. And we hear how much they enjoyed opening that up from Grandma and Grandpa, what they did. And so what I'm saying, that's a benefit of serving God, that you get to actually not only have grandchildren to brag about it and say, hey, i got 22 grandchildren, 16 greats, that kind of stuff. But you're actually able to bless the 22 and the 16 greats and be a part of it. Somebody said, how could that be? I'm glad you asked that question because this is like going to look at the job and you say, well, how could that employer pay me that and give me these benefits too? Well, we'll look at the benefit part, but let's look at the qualification part. Hey, Amen. Does anybody get anything out of this? Hey, Amen. So so we're answering the question about uh, the family benefits of doing things God's way. So what is required of you? This is only one requirement. This is so simple. Only one requirement. You know, that would almost be like the job. You know, you know what one requirement, no matter how technical the job is, no matter how professional or unprofessional the job is, basically the boss only has one requirement. Show up on time and do your job. How many know that, no matter what it is? If the really, really, really highly skilled takes a lot of education, a lot of training, job. Or if it's something that's really not a highly skilled, takes a lot of training job, boss wants one thing, show up and do your work. You know, if it takes all kinds of, you're the supervisor, has to get the job ready for a thousand people, well, show up early and get it ready for him. If you're one of the thousand people, it's show up and do what he says. (laughs) Amen. And so we're looking at the requirements to enjoy these benefits. Verse 1. Here's the requirement. It says, how joyful are those who here's the proverb, fear the Lord and follow his ways. Fear the Lord and follow his ways. That's all God requires of you to enjoy your paycheck, have a great marriage, have wonderful children that follow after God and love you and love being with you. Fear the Lord and follow his ways. You know Proverbs says the way that seems right to man then there are ever the ways of death. And so follow his ways. And so this simply means, now listen to this. Just like you'd submit to your employer a policy manual or contract, whatever the employee guidelines are, and to do what they tell you to do, when you hear the word of God taught about moral things like sex and marriage, when you hear the word of God taught about things like sex and marriage, do what God says. That's fear of the Lord. That's respecting and honoring Him. When God tells you things about sex, government might say things different. Now society might think they say things different. But God tells you what His guidelines are, what He requires you you're in that area. Then you just do it. When God tells you things like, tell the truth, don't lie. There'll be a person that tells the truth and don't lie. That's following His ways. When God tells you to be honest, be honest. When God tells you it's good to go to church consistently, then go to church consistently. When God says it's good for the dad to show up with mom at church, come to church with your wife. Don't just drop her off. Dad and mom, don't just drop the kids off for play practice. Come to church yourself. Be a part of the program. What God's doing. Amen. What am I talking about? Uh, man, all of a sudden, I think we lost the joy level. You know, this is like applied for the job. Well, we're going to pay you 10000 a week and all these benefits. What's required of you? Come in every morning at 6 o'clock and don't be late. Don't complain. Don't cause trouble. You don't get a vacation for the first year. You can't take off all the time when you want to. Show up. All of a sudden, the smile's gone. Oh, I thought I was going to stay home. You're going to mail it to me. No, God says, God says, show up. God says, would you hear the pastor teach the word of God? Do what the Bible says to do. Benefits. Full paycheck. Benefits. Happy wife, happy life. Children blessed. Benefits. Show up. Tell the truth. Live moral. Live right. Give God 10% of your gross paycheck. It's His holy tithe. Did you have a blessed 90%? Here's the easy one. Love and forgive people. Love and forgive people. Oh boy, I don't like to talk about Facebook. I don't even look at it anymore. But... The next time somebody wrongs you, and you're tempted to go on Facebook and deface them. Don't go on Facebook next time somebody does you wrong. Go on your knees. Reach up to heaven and say, Heavenly Father, I bring them before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you told me to follow your ways. You were on the cross when they crucified you. And hey, you didn't say, God, kill him. You said, Father, forgive him. And, Lord, I just want to thank you right now. As this person or persons are in my life, harassing my family, giving us a rough time. Number one, Lord, I forgive them. I'm not going to badmouth them. I'm not going to expose them to the world. Lord, I've exposed them to your mercy and your forgiveness. And I'm praying for them right now to be forgiven. And then number two, Lord, I ask you to protect me and my family from them, Lord. That should protect us. And sometimes there's natural things to do. you got to do natural things. If there's something going on in your life, at the same time you can smile and you can love while you're doing what you got to do. But we're talking about the benefits of doing things God's way. So love and forgiveness is a big part of it. And then also, also, also love your fellow Christians. Even if you don't agree about things. Love your fellow Christians. That's God's ways. And so verse four, we close right here. He says this. That's the Lord's blessing. And here it is again, the one thing for those who fear him. So when you do what your Bible says to do, God will bless your family with health, health, prosperity, and peace. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast.